We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Coming to you with one of the more most frustrating losses I think the Mavericks have had all season. They lose 107-104 uh, in overtime to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, excuse me. Wait, that's not the right score, is it? Uh, oh my gosh, what am I looking at? Yeah, 107-104 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, just a bad loss. Uh, the Mavericks dropped back to 500. Um, <laughs> I'm here with, uh, Stafford Luke Askew. Um, we're here again because Kirk is out of town. I'm sorry. I sound a little flabbergasted because I'm just thinking about all the crazy plays that happened in this game and how frustrating it was to watch this game. To be honest, this is one of the most Difficult games I think I've watched from the Mavericks in a long time. I mean, this was this was an ugly basketball game all the way around from the Mavericks, from the Lakers. I mean, it was it felt like it was two teams that were just trying to give the game away. Um, and neither team really felt like winning. Uh, and then a bunch of really crazy shots happened off really horrible offensive possessions, and it was just 
Man, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts, but I want to kick it to Luke, our fellow staffer, you know, once again, filling in for Kirk since Kirk's out of town. Luke, first off, how are you doing? And what are you thinking about this game? Oh, you know, I'm delighted to be here, devastated by the circumstances. <laughs> um, I think I, my first thought is that Austin Reeves – being the best player on the floor during a Mavs Lakers game is uh, not as surprising as it should be. Um, I'm I'm kidding. Obviously, Austin Reeves wasn't the best player, but um, I, I I let's just jump right into the final shot. I I saw Austin Reeves in summer league in Vegas, and I feel like I had this like premonition, if that's the right word, where I was like. I feel like this guy's going to do something and I didn't think it would be to our detriment necessarily, but of course it was. Um, I mean, like you said, neither team really deserved to win this. We were, I mean, we were going back and forth in the slack a little bit about how it felt like Russ's corner three canceled out Tim's 35 footer and then Maxie just banked one. And it was like all these weird things were happening. <laughs> And it, it, and yet though, it still was like the Mavs game that they just lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could start right at the end with Austin Reeves. Like you said, man, career high 15 points, career high five, three pointers. Um, he's a rookie. Um, people are getting very mad at me online to note that he, has one less he made one less three pointer in this game than Josh Green has made all season. Um your truth teller. Your truth teller. Uh, apparently people are just really mad about that. I mean, it wasn't Josh Green's fault the Mavericks lost this game. I'm just noting like <laughs> I mean, the Lakers can throw out a rookie and get that kind of production, and the Mavericks can't, you know, just the Mavericks can't seemingly throw out anyone off their bench uh besides their core, you know, six or seven guys and get that type of production. I mean feels like there's only like three guys on this team that can score double figures and everyone else is just like, is just pretty hopeless. Um, so that's more of what, uh, more of what I meant by that. Not trying to say that Josh Green was the reason they lost this game. He clearly wasn't. Um, and yeah, I just, it, uh, the, the shot, he was wide open. You know, the Mavericks doubled a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, and Reeves kind of made them pay. And I think the Mavericks were kind of daring some of these Lakers role players to shoot. It worked out a couple of times. I mean, Avery Bradley shot one of five Wayne Ellington shot three of nine, even though he made the, the game time shot at the end of regulation. Um, but yeah, that, that final defensive possession, you know, they didn't foul, you know, they could have fouled. I don't know if I think they had a foul to give. They also had a foul to give, I think on the final possession regulation. Um, I don't know why they were so, aggressive with the double team i thought they played straight up man-to-man defense pretty decently especially against lebron uh and then for whatever reason they just kind of started sending two guys at him uh at the end of regulation and at the end of, and in overtime uh, i thought it was a really good play by russell westbrook because when he caught it i was like oh man he's gonna jack this up and he was like really patient and and drove into the defense and got into the paint and then drew the defense and found Austin Reeves and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. fouled him by like, I, they didn't call it, but yeah, he fouled him too. So the Mavericks kind of got lucky, you know, if he would have missed that, 
uh, I think the Laker Lakers fans would be uh, pretty upset if that's how it went down. But yeah, I think too I, if the if the Mavs would have had a timeout and could have drawn something up and advanced the ball, that no call would have been a lot more obvious too. Um, with only I think it was point nine on the clock after it went in, they had to just get up a heave anyways. And right. I don't, I don't think I don't think was it Dorian? I don't think he even got it off in time. It was um, Reggie, but yeah. Or Reggie, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, like you said, he got he got fouled. It could have been a four-point play. There's a world where, like, the Mavs have a timeout. They advance it. But because he got fouled there, they're actually down four instead of three and can't tie it up anyways. But that's neither here nor there. One more thing on Austin Reeves. I was thinking about this. So I I feel like... I just wish we had a heater that could just come in and just like do something fun one every once every like five to 10 games. Like I know, I know Austin Reeves isn't some magical player. And I know that like, I'm not, I'm not asking for an all-star. I just want, I want someone fun. I want someone fun to come off the bench and give us a, like a heater every once in a while, go five for six in a game. And I want, someone to be excited about I want and I know I feel I feel weird because it's we're a fan base that gets the luxury of having Luca which like 26 other fan bases would just do anything for but it's kind of like it's like that psychology thing where like once someone becomes rich then their happiness spikes for a little bit and then it plateaus because that's their new norm like getting Luca spiked my happiness for a while <laughs> and now it's plateaued because we just can't do anything with it so like I, I i just need more i need more it's just not fun anymore yeah this game was i mean now now that we've kind of talked about the last shot uh just talking about the game as a whole it was i mean this was one of the worst games i've watched in a while you know the mavericks offense they shot under 40 percent from the floor they shot 27 percent from three and both of those numbers are better than what, like, those numbers are deceiving um, because yeah. the Mavericks tossed in some absolute garbage shots uh, at the end of regulation and in overtime. Uh, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. hit a three. I, I can't remember if it was, I, I think he hit it uh, in overtime. And it was just the one of the worst offensive possessions I've seen from the Mavericks all night. And he ends up catching the ball with like one second on the shot clock and he's 30 feet from the rim. And the ball like hasn't even really touched the paint. And, and, and like Dorian was handling it like a bunch. And and he just kind of threw up a prayer and it went in. You know, Maxi's three uh, that he made, I think in, that was also an overtime. Like he banked it in, although that was at least like a better possession. Um, and, you know, Westbrook tossed in a, a, a trash three-pointer as well. Wayne Ellington's game tying shot happened after Maxi and Kristaps both had the rebound and they lost it because they were fighting each other for the rebound. Um, just, just like aesthetically and entertainment wise, it was, it was ugly. I mean, there's two teams that just, like I said earlier, just didn't seem like they wanted to win. I mean, you look up and down the box score and Jalen Brunson played a hero game in a, in a in a junkyard game like this where neither team had any, you know just did not want to make any baskets the fact that he was able to score 25 points on 18 shots you know with Anthony Davis guarding the rim you know with Lebr- with LeBron James also in the front line like 
more power to Jalen. Great, like the only bright spot of this game to me. And then everyone else, just not just like bad shooting games, but just like horrific shooting games. Like Dorian was four of eleven. Um, you know, Kristaps was eight of twenty-three, uh, and he was two of nine um, from mid-range. He took nine mid-range shots, and he only made two. Um, just just grow like uh tim harvey jr tossed in some shots to make his stat line look a little more respectable but he had one of the worst shot selection nights i've seen from him in a long time every single shot he was taking aside from maybe like a handful were just contested no movement jump shots uh and trey burke was four of 12 and the magic of trey burke you know lasted one game and it's just like you know reggie bullock scored zero points in 20 minutes no made none of his shots oh four um and this is after everyone you know started throwing a parade for him when he scored 15 points um against the hornets uh and when he scored no when he scored 50 points against the grizzlies and everyone was throwing a parade and since that game he's played four games and in two of them he scored zero points in them uh <laughs> i don't know like it's been 28 games like i'm sick and tired of hearing well, it's going to come around. It's going to come around. Like it's been 28 games of this. Like, do we need to wait another 28 games? And if it's still doing this, like, what are you going to say then? Like the small sample size is over, man. Like this is smart analytical people that cover this league, say between 20 and 30 games is kind of what that's what your team is. I think nylon calculus, a very smart website actually like pointed to 26 games is when three point shot percentage kind of, uh, stabilizes and is kind of what it is for the course of the season. And like, this isn't last season where where eight Mavericks had COVID for three weeks and they didn't play and they lost six in a row. Like, you know, Kristaps is playing, you know, Luca's playing, you know, they're not playing a, a ton. You know, I admit there is some injuries with Kristaps and, you know, Luca's missed the last three and Maxi had the bad back that doesn't help. But like these guys are still on the floor a decent amount. Uh, and like Dorian and Tim, and Reggie, these guys that are struggling the most from three outside of Kristaps, like they've been playing just about every game. Um, so I just don't – it, it's a three-point loss to a Lakers team that is starting to turn things around without Luka, and it shouldn't – I shouldn't be this doom and gloomy, but it's like if Luka's playing this game, the Mavericks probably win, and they might maybe they win by like double digits because the Lakers were hot garbage this game. Uh, but like – I just these sub thirty percent three point shooting nights are just killing me. Like they're just killing my morale. I don't know what to do about it. And I think I think like it. I I agree with you that like a three point loss to a Lakers team that's starting to turn things around and we don't have Luca isn't something in a vacuum to be doom and gloomy about. But but it is like that's a game that good teams win in the final two minutes or even like pretty good teams win those games and the Mavericks just aren't I they aren't even pretty good I think they're just average like I think they're just they're, they're gonna be right around 500 all season I think that's what they are I agree with you between 20 and 30 games at some point it's not a small sample size anymore it just it is what it is um going back a couple a couple steps um I think this this really was the perfect game for people to just turn on 
you know, get the notification on your phone that it's a close game, turn it on, watch the last minute and then watch overtime. Cause that was entertaining in a gross way. That was entertaining in like a, in a way that like a, a fifth grade basketball game is entertaining where like kids are throwing up prayers from 20 feet and banking them and whatever, and whatever the NBA equivalent is of that. But the rest of the game was gross. I, I, I don't think I've seen that many air balls from start yeah. to finish in an NBA game on both sides too. It, yeah. it wasn't, I don't even mean to make this like a, a Mavs specific comment. Like everyone was just missing everything. And I think um, it was just gross. And like, uh, I don't have this in front of me, so I could be wrong here, but um, with what you said about Chris Dapps, two of nine from mid range. Um, and I think he was one of seven from three also. Yep. But those two, the two mid range shots that he made, I think were his first two of the game. I think he missed seven straight after that. Um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have that in front of me. But um, so funny enough, uh, they were actually he made both of those in the second half. Um, oh, but am, what, what what you're what you're talking about? He did make he made two shots that were in the paint, but not at the rim. So like around the mm-hmm. free throw line. Uh, so mm-hmm. okay. I mean, those are kind of like mid range shots, but you know the NBA, yep, yep. you know it, the NBA counts it a different way. So you're, you're, you're kind of right there. So I know what you mean, but yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Either way, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it was gross. It really like, it wasn't good basketball. That's not a game you'd want to show anyone. If you're like, Hey, check out how fun basketball is and look at the NBA. That's not a game you want to show them. No. Um, it's, the best part of the game was probably that guy that brought a sign for Mark Cuban. <laughs> yeah, telling him, uh, "Hey, hey, Mark, you know, Mavs Twitter are real fans." Uh, apparently, Mark uh, saw it, and apparently, that fan was standing up during every stoppage of play, and he was—he had really good seats. He sat like right behind the Mavs bench, uh, and he was pointing yep. the sign and looking at Cuban the whole time. I think Cuban eventually saw it and signed it because, uh, you know, that's Mark. Mark likes the 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 good PR move. Uh, he he'll never pass up an opportunity for for good P, for good PR. Um, it's weird. It's weird that like um, physical appearances in person don't have to be exclusive of owning a Twitter account. Um, but anyways, yeah, I want to I want to stick with Przingis because he kind of felt like. He was like the barometer, I feel like, for this team. I feel like when the Mavericks went on their runs, he was really good. And when the Mavericks were struggling, he was really bad. Like, I yep. feel like the team kind of ebbed and flow with his performance. Um, he had an incredible start to the fourth quarter, and he finished the fourth mm-hmm. quarter pretty well. well. I don't know if he finished it pretty well, but he had such a great start. Uh, he had that. They started off, he hit like a mid-range bucket. He had like a block shot. And a fast break where he made that behind the back pass to to Dorian in the corner, who then drove and got a layup, and then he came down again and hit a three, and the Mavericks were up seven in like the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, and it just kind of went to show you like, wow, when he when he is good, this team is good. Like they are very like when he's playing like an all star, which he was for those first two or three minutes of the fourth quarter. Like the Mavericks look like a completely different team. Um, unfortunately for the rest of the game, you know, for other long stretches of the game, he was just terrible. Uh, he had some good defensive moments, but offensively he was, 
I mean, he took, um, I mean, he took 16 jumpers mid range and three, and he only made three of them. Um, he had Austin Reeves on him a couple times in the post and he took, you know, long twos against him. I mean, the Lakers were daring him to beat him, beat them at the rim with a small, cause they were like, all right, we're, we're not going to give you, uh, an easy rim run. Uh, we're just going to switch a small onto you right away. Go, you know, we'll dare you to beat us in the post. We'll take our chances. And Kristaps settled for so many long twos. He only had four shots at the rim. And when you consider how often the Lakers had a small on him, that's unacceptable, like completely unacceptable. And I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. all on Przingis or if it's on the coaching staff or it's on the, you know, did guys, you know, I need to rewatch it. Like did guys need to, to find him at the basket where they're not passing it to him at the basket. But I remember at least two or three, maybe even four, shot attempts from him where he had a small on him and he was taking a long two. And that's just mm-hmm. really disappointing considering he's been much better about getting the small on him and getting to the paint and sealing and then finishing. So I don't know what it was tonight. He didn't do that as great as his defense was eight of 20. You can't, can't have eight, eight of 23. That's terrible. Like it's right. a terrible shooting night. Uh, and his def- you know, he had five turnovers. Uh, in 39 minutes so you know his defense is what maybe kept the game closer than what it maybe should have when you consider the Mavericks offensive performance but you know you play both sides of the floor uh, and they pay him to play above average on both sides of the floor and he was just not good offensively and that was disappointing because the Lakers only played one big on the floor uh, all game and they only played DeAndre Jordan eight minutes off the bench so it was Anthony Davis at center and then perimeter players, you know, all the way around. And Kristaps couldn't make them pay in the paint and he really needed to. And that was disappointing to me. And that like Kristaps, like you said, he played really well on defense. Um, I think if you want to, if you want to take something positive from this, the block shot on a Russell Westbrook layup attempt, it was, I think off of Austin Reeves, pass it was a really nice pass it looked like it was a guaranteed bucket and Chris Stapps recovered moved laterally really well got a really nice block that's I mean at least at least we saw that but yeah. like you said that that can't coincide with an eight of 23 and I think I mean this this game was really like the pinnacle and the perfect example of why people wonder if Chris Stapps is a qualified two to Luca's one because when things are clicking and Luke is on the court too, then Chris Stapps does look like a good number two. But when Luca's injured or off the court or whatever, KP just doesn't function as a one. He his his shot creation is mid to high post fadeaway jumper. And it just doesn't work. He's not he he's just not as good of a shooter as he thinks he is. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think another positive, um, is you mentioned him a little bit earlier, but Jalen, Jalen looked incredible. Um, he is kind of the opposite of KP in that he doesn't have the physical tools, but his feel for the game is like off the charts. Um, that that's one area with KP too. That's so frustrating is the feel isn't there. Like after that really nice block he had, 
um, Dorian had an opportunity for a dunk in transition and KP like ran down the middle of the lane for a late seal and just brought his man into Dorian. Um, so it ended up really not materializing into anything because the, the feel for the game just, just isn't there. And it's frustrating because you want it to be. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm all over the place, but also that's how the game was. So no, it's an I indicative. I, it's, I'm trying- it's an, okay. Yeah. I was just going to say the pot is indicative of the game. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Mavericks are now two and five without Kristaps or without Luca. The mm-hmm. two wins, of course, one against an Oklahoma City team that has like one of the worst rosters in the NBA, uh, and present and the other was the, of course, the Charlotte game where seemingly everything went right. Uh, and Kristaps played well in that game. I mean, that was probably like that first half against Charlotte was like the best basketball I think he's played in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, and then to follow it up with this game. Uh, things aren't going to get easier. You know, Minnesota is a very inconsistent team. They're below the Mavericks in the standings. But with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, like just two electric dynamic talents, um, that's going to be that's going to be a challenge. Um, and the Ma- <laughs> like you said, I just I'm running out of things to describe this team because they keep losing, you know, the same way. Like the offense was just horrible um i just don't know what to say we probably need to address the tim Hardaway jr was terrible uh because i know probably people listening are gonna get really mad that we're talking about kp being really bad or dorian being really bad when tim hardaway was horrible on offense and then just played a, a dog crap game defensively um that's the thing with timmy mm-hmm. is that his defense is below average despite what people say about him you know, and occasionally he will you know he takes some charges occasionally in some one-on-one scenarios he holds up well but in terms of being a team defender he is he is brutal and mm-hmm. he he got some some buckets to fall in the fourth quarter and overtime but there was a stretch there by like the third through the third quarter where this dude was taking some horrific shots uh i mean he was just getting the ball taking two or three dribbles and taking like a 20 footer and he's taking more diff, you know, he's having a bad shooting season and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean, he is, he has to be taking more contested shots, worse shots. And like, yeah, he's missing some open threes, but the, the other shots that he's taking that aren't the open threes are almost turnover level quality shots. And when you combine that with really subpar defensive awareness, it's just it's a bad combination. I know his numbers look like okay, like he had twenty points and nine rebounds. He was a plus nine, but man, oh man, some of those shots he was taking were just brutal and like not even close on some of them. Um, I mean, this guy has not shot. 50% from the floor since December 1st in that New Orleans win. I mean, 36.8 from the floor tonight, 41 uh, against Charlotte, 22% against OKC. Uh, and he's just, he's just anything in his three point shot is, is off, but it's not like it doesn't feel, I mean, it feels, it's pretty off, but like the last two games, you know, he's five of 11, four of 11, you take that, but his, his two point percentage is horrible. Uh, and he's, I feel like he's taking less shots at the rim and more two point jumpers, which is not a good formula. And 
I don't know. It just his effort was very dispiriting. Like some of the shots he took just took the wind out of my sails, and I can't even imagine what it's like if you're playing uh, on the floor watching him shoot that and how dejecting that is. So, yeah, uh, he. Yeah. If if Tim doesn't make a few of those, a couple of those shots towards the end, I think the Tim conversation is probably leading the pod after the game. Um, he saved himself a little bit with a couple shots just for like box score checking. Um, but you're right about his effort and his shot selection. And the weird thing too, is I, I just, before we started recording, I came, I was in the um, post game zoom press conference and a reporter asked Tim um, if they, if he thought the team was getting good quality looks and stuff like that. And if they just weren't falling and, he said he thought that the looks were all quality and he th- he feels like they're getting great looks and that they just aren't falling. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to double check after we wrap this up to make sure that it was him that said that, and I'm not mixing it up with someone else's response, but I- I'm pretty sure it was Tim that said that, which is uh, a little baffling and ironic um, given his own shot selection and decision-making at times. But yeah, Tim just hasn't been good. And I don't know, I don't know what to do with that because I mean, they just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sounding the alarms by any means, but just with his new contract and where do things go from here? And it's just, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, He's just shooting too many, too much after dribbling. Like I think he's dribbling way too much, and I don't know if that's because with Jason Kidd, Kidd is imploring him to do more. And you know, when he played under Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle's offense had very strict roles and structure for for role players. And maybe getting a little bit more leash on the offensive end is funking funking that up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm just concerned because he had more of a leash on the offensive end earlier in his career in New York. And maybe the reason, like, maybe some of these guys need the structure to thrive. Uh, like, it's it's very clear that Jason Kidd is opening things up for these guys and he wants them to make more intuitive plays. He wants them to do more than just stand in the corner or spot up and shoot jumpers. He wants them to cut. He wants them to dribble. He wants them to drive. He wants them to do a lot of different things. He wants to free them up to do more. And the more I watch this team, the more I'm like, maybe what they were doing before is the best of their ability, like is 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 milking them for what they're worth. And maybe the reason they haven't been doing that stuff is because they can't. Yeah. Um, and that's ter- terrifying to me. Um, I mean, we've seen way too much Dorian dribbling. This season, you know, I saw Maxi earlier in this game. I think you, uh, you know, Maxi actually had, you know, Maxi had a pretty decent game. He guarded LeBron pretty well, but like Maxi had like a weird fading, long, like two point shot in the paint. That's like, I get it, but uh, these guys are just taking some shots that they don't normally take. And I know that a lot of it was because, well, you look in the playoffs and these guys weren't making their threes. You have to be able to do something else. And like, I agree. But the answer, I think the answer to that question is you got to get different players. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like, you got to use these players differently. I think you just got to get better players. Uh, And 
it's just it's just really difficult to watch this team play right now. It's just it's not an enjoyable brand of basketball. Um, they make baffling decisions. They take baffling shots, and then then the probably the most frustrating at all is that for like you know the five or six or however many good shots they do get, like good jumpers, they miss them, uh, and it's mm-hmm. just it's tough. Uh, maybe I'm I'm eulogizing a little bit too much they do play minnesota back-to-back games and as much as carl anthony towns and anthony edwards scare the daylights out of me i mean those are two winnable games uh because memphis you know minnesota is a young team that has struggled a lot this season uh they've had some pretty good wins but they i mean they're below the mavericks in the standings they're 13 and 15 for a reason and they've had some very difficult games so I don't know. Maybe that, that that I just don't know where the get right stretch is. Like we keep waiting, you know, and I just I don't know how much longer you can wait. Yeah, I think um, t- two things going back to what you're saying about kid and his empowerment, empowering the players to expand their games and do more. I, it's great in theory, but it's at the same time, like you said, like some of these guys just can't do that. Just can't do, they. Like I, I think they do need the structure, and I think, um, and maybe there's a maybe there's a mix. Like maybe it could be more empowering than Carlisle is running the offense, but less empowering than Kid is doing it. I don't, I don't have the answers. I'm obviously not qualified to make those decisions, but, but it does feel like everyone feels a little too free to just kind of do what they want, um and try to create and try to be these players that they haven't been before. And I don't think, I mean, it's great if everyone's happy and smiling post game and talking about how they're getting empowered to expand their games and all this stuff. But is it great if you're like winning and losing games like the Mavs are, I don't know. Um, And I think going, moving on to the Minnesota piece, um, I I'm, terrified of those two games um i think correct me if i'm wrong but did they rule out luca for both of them already uh luca hasn't been ruled out uh for those okay 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 so and it's and they don't play it's it's i I just had the schedule in front of me uh they don't play sunday Sunday, so that's yep that's three they get three full days off uh and i think tomorrow I think Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota, let's see. Yeah, they beat Denver tonight convincingly. Um, they're very up and down, like you said. They honestly, top to bottom, might have more talent than the Mavs do um, just all around. And it it frightens me that these are probably two games that Minnesota has circled because that's a real opportunity for them to make up ground in the standings. Um, especially if Luca's out and Minnesota thinks they can steal two from Dallas and really flip things. Um, I think it's hard to beat teams back to back, especially in the regular season. Um, no matter who you are, my gut is that they'll probably split these two um, regardless, but it, it terrifies me. And, I don't even want to know. I love Anthony Edwards so much, and I'm just terrified of what he's going to say after the game, exposing the guys on the team. (laughs) 
Yeah, that'll be tough. Uh, it, I wanted to look this up before we left. Or we are running out of time. Um, about, you know, or the numbers matching what we're saying about Tim dribbling more. So last season, um, NBA.com, and this is NBA.com shot tracking. So, you know, take it, take it for what it's worth. Um, last season, Tim Hardaway Jr., 21.6% of his total shots came after three to six dribbles. And he shot 45, 46% on, on those. Uh, this season, he is at that frequency is up to 23.8%. Um, and he is shooting 31% on yeah. those shots. So Yo. there that, you have it. Yeah. That appears to be, you know, you know, I know that's a small number 21, but it's basically 21 to 23%. Uh, but that's, it's almost a shot, an extra shot attempt per game. Uh, and you know, I mean that thing that adds up over a season. Um, and then it has cascading effects on the rest of his game. If he's taking more of those shots, uh, you know, it's taking away from the better ones. So we'll see. We'll see what the Mavericks can do. You know, we've got about eight minutes left, so I think we should get out of here. Let people try to enjoy what they can of their their Wednesday night. Uh, Kirk is out of town, but I think he's doing a green room uh, as we speak. So obviously, if you're listening to this, uh, you've either already participated in the green room or, you know, look forward to seeing that in your podcast feed uh, sometime thir- on Thursday. Um, and otherwise, we got some content going up on the site. We have a lot. I feel like Kirk might have a lot to talk about whenever next time we talk because there's the Kyrie Irving trade rumor that came out from a New York reporter that's fairly well sourced <laughs> with Christoph Trzingis. We had the bombshell Tim McMahon, Rick Carlisle story that we didn't even touch on tonight that I'm sure that we will shortly after. But there's been a lot of news with the Mavericks in addition to some of these games. So we'll probably get to it all. And I'm, I, we got it on the site. Uh, our, guy, you know, our staff is right is plugging away. I think we got the Kyrie story on the site right now. And the, and the, the story about uh, Tim McMahon's Rick Carlisle piece will be on the site, I think, Thursday as well. So check it all out. You know, Mavs lose, but we got a lot of good stuff on the site. Luke, thanks again for joining me. That's two in a row. I appreciate it, man. Oh, it's what a blessing. Shout out <laughs> Jalen Brunson. Hell yeah. I mean, that they would have lost by they would have lost by infinity points uh, if he wasn't as good as he was tonight. Um, so he needs to be good again. Uh, hopefully Luke is back. But again, Mavericks lose to the Los Angeles Lakers in Dallas Wednesday night, 107, 104, and overtime. You were listening to Josh Bo, Luke Askew, one of our, our dedicated staffers. This is Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you next time.